Welcome or welcome back to the Amanda Perry podcast. Thank you for joining us. Bit of an update from the business for me. It's been a really good week. We've had a great week. We have launched um, Grow Plus, which is our like done for you offer. So for anyone joining for the first time, I am Amanda Perry. I own Soup Agency where we help D2C brands um, scale their revenue and we have also yeah just launched grow plus which is our done with you offer where we're offering um a bit of strategy so that people who wouldn't necessarily normally work with an agency are able to and we can we can give them the the bits of strategy that they need to be able to really succeed with their ads so yeah we've had a great week we've launched it and got our first 20 members in there so we're working with them through their feedback and just making sure it's a really great product to be able to launch to the public which we can't wait for in other news I think everyone is talking about Instagram (laughs) and how it's well I've named it the Instageddon it's just kind of what is happening I've got my own theories on it I've just I won't bore them with you now but I've just put them all into a blog post if you want to read that go to amandaperry.co.uk and have a read um yeah apart from that I think it's been a really good week I think things are really looking up if you are here for digital marketing content the good news is that we're seeing um ad accounts really really starting to recover strong now from iOS 14 we're seeing some really good results with a bit of kind of trickery in the back end but honestly a lot of it is just a real focus on brand and creative like you'll be sick of hearing it if you're in the ads world because it's what everyone's saying but for good reason creative really really is the the deal breaker now you know you can't you can't go on attribution the data in real time isn't the thing that's going to lead you to um, lead you to riches. So it really is about going back to brand basics and creative. So there is my two pennies worth. This week, I am really, really pleased to have Claudia Cardinelli on the show from Great Influence. They are a personal branding agency. Uh, doing really, really great things with some big names that you'll definitely recognise. Claudia was really generous with her time and what I actually loved about talking to her was I think we're so used to getting the same lines from personal branding experts about you have to niche and you just have to talk about this one thing and all this stuff that seems like these real um, hard set kind of boundaries of what you should and shouldn't do like am I doing it right or am I doing it wrong and Claudia has a very different approach to it as you'll hear I really really like how she approaches it it's very authentic very realistic something that I aspire to be and do in terms of the way that you know I put content out and yeah so it really resonated with me I think it will too and I hope you love it if you do enjoy it please do subscribe to the show and leave a little review if you have time I know these platforms don't make it easy do they but if you go to the show in Apple they there is an option there to leave a review and it really does help I know everyone says it but it really does help when it comes to people discovering the show so I would be a eternally grateful. Anyway, here is Claudia talking to us about personal brand. I hope you love it and that you tune back in next week. 
Welcome back to my podcast. My guest this week has made a huge impact in the world of personal branding, working with some of the biggest names on the internet to tell their story and shape their reputation. Working alongside Ash Jones and the Great Influence team, today's guest has developed the brands of household names, including Gary Neville, Stephen Bartlett, and the founders of brands such as Pretty Little Thing, Huel, and My Protein. I'm thrilled to welcome to the show today, Claudia Cardinale. Welcome, Claudia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to chatting. Oh, no, thank you for taking the time. I know you guys are like crazy busy. I, all I ever <laughs> see is new people that you're working with and new content you're putting out. So I really appreciate it. <laughs> no, no problem at all. So that was my very broad, very kind of vague introduction for you. But do you want to give us a, a bit of an insight about your journey that brought you up to what is, I guess, only quite a recent career choice, isn't it? Like what's yeah, your journey into personal branding? Definitely. So for me, this actually kind of starts way back at uni like I studied international relations which I guess is like quite a worldly subject I was always really interested in how the world worked like international institutions things like that and I was never really good at one specific thing like I always wished in school that I would be really good at maths or art or something like one career track that I could just commit to and go for but sadly wasn't the case um so I've always been kind of like in and out of this but really interested in how things work and the world and all that stuff um so I studied international relations and it was great loved it still didn't really know what I wanted to do but I also wanted to be a little bit creative um I thought about going into politics maybe but I didn't think oh, it was wow. quite right yeah I don't know it wasn't wasn't quite what I was looking for and I figured people listened more to brands than they did to politicians probably anyway yep. um so I thought maybe a, a transition into marketing would be for me so I ended up working in an agency for a year um got there and I would I don't know I didn't find I was an account manager and it still wasn't quite like hands-on enough like it wasn't like it was one of those like start at the bottom and work your way up situations and I was just like I've not got time for this like I want to go straight (laughs) straight to the top Gen Z I love it yeah (laughs) exactly um but it was really interesting and I learned so much stuff there um just about how it all works and like the behind the scenes that I when I first walked in on my very first day had absolutely no clue about whatsoever Um, so that was like a bit of an eye-opener into the marketing world I guess and I've always been interested in it but I wasn't sure if like traditional marketing was quite what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. although like I respected and admired it I didn't think it was like quite a match for me Um, and then I ended up going traveling for a bit um, and actually it's something that I've never really spoke about before that much but when I was traveling um, I actually found out that my mom was sick and she had cancer Oh gosh! Um, so that was obviously not in any kind of plan that I had oh. <laughs> um so I ended up moving back home and living with my mom my grandma to take care of both of them I guess oh, um for about a year and yeah it's not really something that I've discussed before but I was th- I was just thinking about it and like how important that's actually been and like the grand trajectory of things for me um and how like I don't know that period of those 18 months was to a year that I was at home and I was working in a cafe and I don't know it wasn't what I wanted to be doing at that time but it was kind of inevitable I think so many people have that experience of like this is not where I thought I would be but like priorities yeah exactly and I wouldn't change it for the world obviously but just like you know life happens sometimes and 
How do you think that that did change the trajectory then? What what was the what was the kind of impact that happened over that year that that changed everything for you? I think it was two things. I think for one, it was like when I was working in that cafe, I loved it. Don't get me wrong, and it was such a nice environment. And the people were great. And from going from working in an agency where it was like a, a little bit more corporate to like a bar essentially where it was just like hands-on hard work yeah. as well yeah. like it was all hours and the people that I worked with was so so hard working and it was all about like I guess it was it was a huge thing for me was like the communication element of it which I think is like such an underrated skill that everyone who's working in a bar or a cafe or wherever at the moment probably doesn't realize that they're learning so agree my background was hospitality and we as soon as we see a cv come through with hospitality background we just know that they're going to have that it's that it is that communication isn't it especially in this day and age of you know texting and whatsapp in and whatever having that face-to-face I completely agree I think it's it's so underrated yeah I'm really glad you brought that point up yeah massively and especially for me as well like I was quite a shy person going through uni and like that was a really big part of building my confidence which I didn't know was happening at the time and yeah, it was just a really nice environment to be in and I absolutely loved it. But at the same time, when I was cleaning toilets, I was like, this is not what I want to do forever. (laughs) So it was like a motivator in different ways. And like, it was helping me learn skills that I didn't know that I was learning. And like, it was just like, looking back now, I look back so fondly on the whole experience. Like at the time when I was like trudging myself into work at 7am after leaving at 1am the night before, (laughs) I was like, maybe, (laughs) maybe not. It's tough, isn't it? But also I think that kind of work, uh, to some extent I know it wouldn't completely but can kind of take your mind off the stuff that's happening outside you know it's very it's like when people talk about mindful exercises it's like with your hands and your focus has to be on that rather than perhaps an office job where your mind might have a bit of a chance to wander and and think about other stuff oh yeah exactly like I couldn't have job I couldn't have done any of the job at that time I don't think no. because like you say, like it takes your mind off everything that's happening, but it was also flexible enough for me to be like, I need to be here. I need to leave like now, basically. Yeah. Um. So yeah, for that time in my life, like, although I was a bit begrudging at the start and, you know, it wasn't what I like, I was expecting to come back from traveling the world and move to London and start this amazing career. And that, that just didn't happen. But retrospectively thinking about it, it was probably one of the best experiences that I had. And it also gave me a bit of time to reset which I think is so important after you leave uni and I think that so many people underestimate of like you go through uni and it's all the jumble of going out and getting drunk and learning and late night library and all those things but in actual fact you dive straight into the world of work after that and it's like I I do think everyone just kind of needs a minute sometimes yeah yeah I completely agree it's a it's it's a roller coaster isn't it going from one to the other and it's completely different we if we have graduates in and I remember we have one and everything everything he was doing he was like we didn't have to do this at uni <laughs> I was like no this isn't uni <laughs> this is like really different real, real life yeah yeah uh, thank you for sharing that with us yeah I can imagine I can imagine how kind of shaping that was for you what was the next step then what what happened after that between the kind of cafe bar into what you're doing now or how so, did that happen It was, um, again, I worked there for about 18 months and I don't know, I, when I left, moved out of home to move to uni, it was like a massive step for me. And I knew that I always wanted to move away from home and live somewhere completely different and almost, I guess, like start a completely new life, start fresh. 
Um, so a huge thing for me was actually moving away from home. That's all I wanted to do. And then, I don't know, I was stuck in again, a bit of a limbo of, do I stay here and get a job here, save money? Or do I move away, take a massive risk, move away from everyone I know? I knew I didn't want to work for a massive company again. I wanted to work for a bit of a smaller company this time. Um, I worked for a health tech startup where there was only four or five people did an internship there for a few weeks, mm. which opens my eyes to like startup life, I think. And I really loved it. I loved a small team. I loved that it was like, can you do this? And then the next minute, one minute you're marketing, next minute you're sales, the next minute you're a photographer. And yeah. I really enjoyed that element of it. And I think that's where I was like, okay, maybe I do want to work for a small business. Nice. Um, and I applied for a couple of like corporate jobs, but I've, I've actually never got a job from an interview ever. Yeah. <laughs> so it just wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't really for me. And then I ended up, so a friend actually reached out from uni to help him with some student marketing stuff. And I was like, okay, I could be interested in that. It was just the two of us. So I was like, that's kind of what I want. Like, I want to be autonomous. Like, I want to have mm. control of my own time. But I also really want to work hard for something. Yeah. And that's what I was willing to do. Um, so I took the plunge and actually ended up doing that for about a year. Um, and then COVID happened and kind of ruined us at that time, oh. which was a bit of a shame. Um, but... COVID actually was the start of me posting on LinkedIn because I was working in student marketing and I was like, I can't directly speak to any of these students. I can't go and see them. Mm. The only way, the only thing that I thought I could do to help was to share my experiences on LinkedIn. Yeah. So I started posting just about stuff that had like really helped me during those times and like that kind of weird limbo that I was in and wanting to do something great, but not being able to. And I figured that like if I could help in any way just by sharing my experiences like then that was what I was going to do and yeah that that kind of like tumbled snowballed to where I am today I guess amazing amazing and just into like conversations with Ash and then because even your um kind of journey and great influence you've you're head of ops now aren't you you've kind of got that like fast track there you go (laughs) there you go it's right though isn't it I think you know Gen Z is the first time that we're seeing this and as painful as it has been for me as a as a business owner with quite a big team um you know it's it's brilliant isn't it people are putting their foot down and demanding more and I think the balance will redress at some point it'll kind of settle down a little bit but I think it's brilliant that we've come out of such a a huge kind of global shift with the pandemic and people are really putting their foot down about you know ways they want to work and how they want their career to to pan out yeah definitely I also think like to some extent there's this perception of Gen Z that they don't want to work for it and they just want to like they're just demanding it and they're like Mm. I want to be head of this I want to be CEO in two weeks time yeah and I think to some extent that is true and there'll always be those people out there that just want something for nothing but I also think like Gen Z and millennials like they're willing to put in the work like they know what the expectation is from them to get to where they need to be and they've got that kind of like work ethic and understanding to do it but also more and more I guess we're seeing now is like in a healthy way Mm. like they want to put the work in but they also know that they need to take a break and know that mental health is also important and I guess that work-life balance is coming a lot more into play as people are coming through like from uni and stuff into bigger companies now and they have that understanding to implement those things I think yeah, better definitely. perhaps yeah yeah 
they've seen us burn ourselves out that's why yeah. <laughs> they've seen the parents like shouting and screaming when they're exhausted from doing 60 hours yeah I really uh, I really appreciate those points I think it's really important to remember that it's not you know you only have to scroll TikTok for half an hour to think like everyone like hates their job and they just want to sit at home on the sofa and scroll TikTok all day but yeah it's definitely not the case they just want the right environment and the right support, I guess, don't they? So coming on to personal branding, which is so important, but I just wonder from your perspective, why you think that the the kind of term personal branding has become such a like buzz, but mm. not buzz as in like, oh, where's this come from? Like, why has it become so important in the last few years and so so kind of talked about? I think like we have this conversation about the actual term personal branding quite a lot because it does get a lot of heat and a lot of people I think perhaps don't understand exactly what it encompasses and they think it's like personal branding is people just like it's like people ego boosting themselves on LinkedIn and like it's very narcissistic it's very like introspective and you're just talking about yourself to like get ahead basically And I understand why people think that because there are people out there that literally doing just that like hijacking the world personal branding Mm. and I think it's such a shame like I think it's so sad that that's happened because personal branding is essentially your reputation it's just a different way of saying it I don't know why the business world has like kind of cottoned onto the term personal branding but people in the music industry do it models do it actors do it like Mm. it's it's the same thing essentially it's just a different term like reputation management has always been a thing in every industry that we've seen Mm. it's just that now entrepreneurship and the business world is becoming more popular in culture and I think like more people have started a business in the past 18 months than ever before like the term entrepreneur has been searched more than ever before and I think like it's that elevation of entrepreneurship as a theme that's now like causing people to cling on to the term personal branding is something different to what it is like it's essentially reputation management that's what it is it's just a different it's just a different term for it and I think yeah it's just a shame that it's got this like bad rep because it's really important yeah I think Gary V's got a lot to answer for hasn't he yeah (laughs) kind of when I think of like personal branding as you know as a hashtag kind of thing it is that stereotypical Gary V like bro that you think of particularly on I don't know like yeah Instagram LinkedIn I guess Twitter's much more authentic and conversational and intelligent I guess like really intelligent conversations on there but I think it's really easy to kind of yeah hijack these um like viral trends isn't it on Instagram and and LinkedIn and that you really question what kind of value they bring to the world but then you know there's some incredible examples of people who've done it really well like Steve you know there's there's people who've who've done a fantastic job so I just wonder what you would say is the difference between someone who like posts content every day with or without a strategy and someone who's building a personal brand or would you say that they're both building a personal brand just one's one's kind of intentional and one's not what's what's the difference there would you say I think there is a significant difference between posting on social media and building a personal brand and I don't know I think people have this perception that you have to be known for a specific niche 
and you have to be the person that talks about entrepreneurship or startups or building a business or marketing and you have to be that guy through and through or that that girl through and through when in actual fact like every personality is multifaceted you like different things you're interested in different things and I think it's important to not let the like not become preoccupied with becoming a certain person or a certain person that you want people to see you as. And I think it's really important to get all those different elements of your personality out there because you're not just one person. And I think it's important that the online matches up to the offline. And I think what is happening now a little bit in personal branding is that people know what works Mm. for a personal brand or they see things going viral or I know one person does speaks in a certain way and that works really well for them. So they start doing the same thing. Mm. And in actual fact, you're not building a personal brand at all. You're just posting on social media because you're you're building, I guess, a presence online, but it's not the right presence and it doesn't match up with who you are. And I think that is such where like people are going wrong at the moment is like they're doing what works and that will take you so far but it will get to a point where there's like there's people all posting the same thing talking in the same tone of voice and like talking about the same topics and in actual fact it's not what they care about so that everyone's stuck in this kind of like limbo of the same person yeah but not really who they are and I think again that's that's a shame because everyone's different and the best thing about us is all the different stories that we have to tell and the different perspectives that we have and I think it's a shame that people are getting stuck in this it works on social media I can go viral on LinkedIn but that's not what it's about yeah that's such a great point it is it really does become like that doesn't it especially I found LinkedIn recently really like that and maybe I need to change the people I follow but (laughs) it's very much you see the people who've kind of done it really well really good examples of it and and people do try and follow along don't they and if it's not authentic if it's authentic to that person because they've done a great job but it's not authentic to you it's it's not going to work in the same way and also what's the point in building an audience of however let's say 100k or a million if they're following the person they think you you know they're never going to convert into like customers or clients or that it's not going to be an authentic business builder is it because they're following this person that's that's a very kind of um 1d version of you isn't it yeah exactly and we work we work with a number of different clients who I guess talk about similar themes talk about culture and leadership and things like that but what makes every single one of them unique and able to build their personal brand effectively is that they all have different opinions and they all have different experiences. And that's what is so important to share is those differences, because otherwise you get like, you fall into a trap of becoming the same as everyone else. And if, if there's one thing that personal branding shouldn't be, it's being exactly the same as everyone else what do you what's your advice to clients around I see a lot of people talking about building brands or you know successful content I guess online to get your your build your profile you know you have to be like polarizing or you have to have some kind of kind of controversial opinion what's what's your thoughts on that I think if you actually have a controversial opinion I think it's fine for you to share it I think if you're trying to be controversial for the sake of it, again, it's not real. Yeah. So I think, I don't know, I think you can, 
there's a way to do it that puts it out there and asks people what they think that might be a bit provocative. But I think if you're just being controversial and playing devil's advocate for the sake of it, then it's not, like it's not worth the repercussions of it. Like Piers Morgan, for example, I genuinely believe that he is a controversial person. Yeah. That yeah. he actually thinks those things. Yeah. Or at least knows how to put them in a way that is going to get people to think differently that's authentic to him. Yeah. Whereas if Adam from the street started, I don't know, prodding about whoever and this and that, whatever, for the sake of it, because he knows it's a good content strategy, it's not him building a personal brand, it's him just posting on social media. Yeah, that's that's a really good point as well. Like you'd never see Piers Morgan kind of in any sort of... Uh, not obviously you wouldn't see him off camera but in any situation saying like I shouldn't have really said that should I or yeah I didn't Mm. really mean it I just wanted to kind of poke the nest a bit whereas I feel like and this kind of veers into a slightly different territory but I feel like there's there's been instances where Katie Hopkins for example you would hear her say that you would hear her say oh that wasn't really me or it's a character or you know I have to pay my bills or you know like the Katie Price kind of characters and mm. do feel like and that that kind of leads into something that always really fascinates me about the difference between I mean this is a whole other podcast but the difference <laughs> between men and women online and how you know I feel like a lot of women who do well with personal brands tend to bring forward quite a lot of masculine energy. They're quite masculine about it because I feel like women in the sort of traditional sense are probably less um, ballsy with stuff like that, maybe likely to put themselves out there. What, What do you think about that? Yeah, I think I, to some extent, I agree. I think like, I would never want to feed into a narrative that's saying like women can't do it or women aren't as confident or because I think like I always think to some extent like talking about those things kind of perpetuates it yeah and it's like talks like talks from imposter syndrome tend to typically come from women and I think it feeds into this whole narrative of like that's exclusively a thing for women and yeah it's not it's it's so much broader than that and I I would always be wary of saying like women are less self-confident because I would never want to feed into that narrative. Yeah. But that being said, I do think more less so now, but I think previously women did have like typically less self-beliefs in themselves mm. when promoting themselves online mm. and offline. Mm. Um, and I think now I think it's amazing to see so many more women promoting themselves and having that self-belief and understanding the opportunities that they can give themselves I think that's such a great thing about personal branding is the opportunities that you drive are coming directly from you and again that's why it's so important to stay true to who you are because the opportunities that come out as a result of it have come from your genuine beliefs and something that we do with clients is like talk about their values and what they believe in and what they want to achieve out of life as opposed to just business because that's also important as well like if you want to be an advocate for mental health, you have to wholeheartedly believe in making mental health better for everyone. It's not just something you do on a whim. Yeah. So for us, a huge part is like getting to the root of what people believe in, what their values are. And then that drives anything that they do, not just posting content, but it drives like the opportunities that they want to be involved in. Like it, it's an all encompassing thing. And I think actually a lot of people think about personal branding as 
social media but it's so much bigger than that it's media opportunities it's speaking on podcasts it's Mm -hmm. who the people that come up to you at a networking event who are who are they and I think that a lot of people would benefit from thinking bigger about personal branding and like again it's your reputation as a whole not just online it's it's the opportunities that you're driving so yeah I think a, a bigger picture thinking is is required yeah no, I really agree with that. I think it's uh, yeah the the men and women thing. I I completely agree, and I don't. I definitely don't want to feed into that. It's just that that perception of seeing how how men and women approach it. I just find really fascinating, and the kind of uh, system and structure around it that we're we're trying to break through at the moment, and are breaking through. But that it's it's the little things that we still maybe don't recognize the impact you know the the differences between us online isn't it so moving on to a less heavy subject (laughs) a lot of the a lot of the personal brands online and a lot of the people that I see really um kind of putting effort into personal brands are service-based or much much bigger e-com d2c brands where Um, you know they've kind of sorted the business and now it's like okay how do we go to the next level personal brand or they're looking at opportunities outside of the business a lot of my audience are uh, kind of small to medium e-commerce d2c brands who are going through this thing at the moment where they've built brilliant audiences on Instagram talking about their products you know posting every night at nine o'clock or whatever that might be and that's kind of gone to shit a little bit what would the what would the benefit be to them or how can we how I'm always trying to persuade people to really think about this but in black and white or as black and white as possible why should they be building personal brands or should they be building personal brands I think the thing is like the expectation is that everyone has to have a personal brand mm. in all honesty I think you can do it without a personal brand especially mm. if it's smaller and like the aim with a personal brand isn't always to become the biggest person ever I think the most important thing is just to get people to buy into you yeah as a person it's like anything it's like with influencers anything like the recommendation comes from a person that you trust as opposed to from a brand that you trust it's always going to feel more reliable. Mm. I think, especially with slightly smaller brands, like the aim doesn't have to be become a world-renowned person in personal branding. It can just be to help your existing customers that already buy your products, buy another product. Mm. Or the next time that they think of, well, who should I get this book for? They think of you. And I think like there is like an avenue in personal branding that speaks to your existing audience and just builds that relationship with those people more. It doesn't have to be like massively outreaching. It's just keeping that connection and I guess like a dialogue open. And, you know, people buy into the journey and people buy into the story. And we've seen it happen with great influence even over the last 18 months. And, you know, we'll go to a networking event and and people come up to us and they're like, oh, it's amazing to see what you've been doing. Like I I was following you a year ago when you first started and like, that's absolutely crazy to me now and I guess to some extent you don't like with COVID and everything I didn't really see it initially because I wasn't going anywhere yeah whereas like when you start to venture out into the real world and people coming up to you and they're like I've seen your LinkedIn post and 
to be honest, even friends who I see every six months or so, and they're like, oh, congratulations on your promotion and things like that, that they would never have seen before. Like, it's just building the relationship, even if it's just with the people that you already know. It's like those little touch points or conversation starters. So when you do see people in real life, it's like you've already got that trust there. Mm. Yeah, no, that's so true. I think that for for those brands, I guess if we're thinking on a, of it on a really per, uh, practical level, and they're you know on Instagram, most of them are pretty exclusively on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's just about bringing you more into the conversation, isn't it? Rather than just making it like you know a catalog feed of products, it's about bringing you more into the conversation rather than set up another account and start talking about you and start a podcast and do this and do that because you know a lot of these businesses are kind of one-man bands or you know running around like headless chickens already Um, yeah would you say that that would be like a, a good kind of practical place to start yeah definitely I think in the first maybe three four five months of starting anything and we do it with clients as well is like storytelling and like get people to buy into you and like it's, it's earning the credibility of why people should buy your products or believe mm. in you and you have to build authority in that space so people think of you and they don't think of anyone else and that does come from stor- storytelling and it comes from people like understanding who you are how you've got to where you are today and I think even if you do that for the first three or four months, then the goal is reach and the amount of people that you want to reach, whether that's like 100,000 people or 100 people, like it's figuring out what content works for you to reach that audience. And then you kind of switch back into the storytelling again. So it's like the new people that you've reached can rebuy into you. So it's like the give and take between if reach is something that you want to do, like how do you reach those people? But then how do you then get them to buy into who you are? Yeah, yeah. No, that's a really good tip. Um, so I guess that leads quite nicely on to some more sort of practical advice. I know we've spoken before, I've spoken to Ash and seen Ash talk quite a lot. And you talk about your kind of process of when you're working with someone, you'll almost like podcast interview them, won't you? And just get those stories out of them. So I just wondered on really sort of, yeah really practical sense what are the building blocks of building a personal brand like what can people that have listened to this go away and do for themselves to really start kind of bringing those stories out and it's it's hard when it's you isn't it you forget yeah it's hard to talk about sometimes (laughs) (laughs) I'd say like even get a, a friend or someone that you work with to ask you questions because quite often things that seem really mundane to you and unimportant people be like I didn't know that but that's really cool we've seen it happen so many times before and the little like things that just go straight over your head I think it's good to do it with someone else because they can pick out the bits that they find interesting and Mm. like you retell those stories and again like you can retell a story in different ways and if I don't know if something great has happened in your business you can announce it but you can also like analyze it, I guess, and Mm -hmm. like tell people that the thing happened, but then tell people about your experience of the thing that happened and leverage those key moments. Yeah. Like how it happened. Like, yeah, exactly. Like if you, if you, I don't know, you've just hit a massive milestone for your business. If you do one post about it, for example, like people are only going to see that one post Mm. and then it's forgotten and it's out their brains. Whereas I think there's something in like leveraging those key moments. Mm. So 
if something major happens, it's not just one standalone post and people give you a round of applause and then it's game over. It's like retelling that in a different way, sharing a different experience. So it's almost like you're helping everyone and everyone else understand how big that opportunity or that experience was, mm. not just leaving it as like a one touch point, I guess. Yeah, I really love that, actually. And uh, when I think of LinkedIn, I didn't use LinkedIn for years because every time I went on there, it was like, oh, we're really happy to be nominated for this award or we're really mm. happy to collect it or I'm really happy to say I've done 50 <laughs> years at this one business. And I think that that's definitely what's changing, isn't it? So rather than like there has to be a lesson there or there has to be value there for someone else. And I think that that's what people really do badly or do wrong where they'll just kind of go in and broadcast what's happened and share these like announcements rather than adding some kind of value to it even if it is just that one post you know adding adding some like why would why would I care apart from being happy for you like that's great but you know why would I care and that that's really important right yeah definitely and I think like there is a way to do it like I think I think people get the wrong impression because there's so many of those announcement posts now, but then, you know what, if you've just done an absolutely smashing job on something in your business, you have every right to be proud of what you've done and talk about it. But then it's like, I guess the follow on from that is what was your experience? And it it just comes back to storytelling. Like, it's great that you did that, but why is that important? Why is that important to you? Why is that important to me? Where's the business going to go from here? What does this mean? And I think you can ask yourself questions around the thing that's happened, I guess, to kind of, yeah, again, leverage it. Yeah. Yeah. Like an award announcement, the classic award announcement with a photo of someone shaking someone's hand is like, if that's in the context of, I'm so proud of the team after the last two years and the pandemic, you know, we lost 60% of our clients and now we've like crawled back to this. I mean, as I said, everyone's going to be happy for you anyway, but there's a way to tell it that isn't just dry and boring because it's unlikely if you don't have a huge personal brand or if you don't have a significant following, it's unlikely to get any engagement. And then that just feels crap, doesn't it? You're like, yeah, we won this award and no one cares. (laughs) But that's the thing I think is that everyone gets stuck in that engagement trap, but like, you know what, who cares if no one cares because you won the award, you did an amazing thing for your business. Like you worked really, really hard for it. And that was recognized. And I think, that's where the trap that so many people fall into is like it's only important if other people care yeah it's not like it's amazing that you've done that like congratulations you worked really really hard for something and you achieved something but then that feeling of like success that you have in yourself is suddenly not validated by everyone else so you think it's not successful and I think that's the trap that everyone falls into is like success is determined by everyone else like if you don't get 100 likes on a LinkedIn post, you're not successful. Mm-hmm. Like, it's frustrating. And that might sound weird coming from me, who's like, career is based on building that reputation. But I think that's like, it's great if you can share that in a way that people actually engage with and care with. But don't let that take away from the success that you should feel anyway. That's such a brilliant point. It really makes me think, actually, about 
were you saying that I'm like oh wow like that's so refreshing but why is it like it's such common sense isn't it but our brains have kind of become have like morphed through social media haven't they to believe I guess everyone's looking for validation aren't they but social media has made it about num like really kind of hard stats hasn't it and numbers of yeah like you say if I don't get I looked at my Instagram post this morning. I was like, 14 likes. Are you kidding me? Like, what is going on with Instagram? And who cares? Like, who cares? I think it's because, like, we think that time in, the effort that we put in deserves validation. So if we spend three hours writing a newsletter, we think we should have 300 emails of people being like, that's the best newsletter I've ever read. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. When really like, that's not the case. You could write a tweet in one minute and it go mega viral and, Mm. you know, get picked up for a week that you weren't even thinking about. Whereas like time in doesn't necessarily equal like success. And I think that the expectation that you deserve it because you've worked really hard on it. I get it completely, but it's, it's not real. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't happen like that. I think that's why I love the idea of seeding so much that idea of, you know, nothing happens, nothing's going to happen from one tweet or one newsletter or one Instagram post, is it? It's that, you know, one might get a thousand likes, one might not get any, but it's the the continuous, the repetition and the, the, the variety of the content you put out there and the story that you're building. Love that. Thank you. Okay. So final question. I'll let you get back to all of your clients. Uh, crystal ball time. What I'm so fascinated with, you know, the next few years we've got like web three metaverse, all of this kind of fairly unknown stuff coming up. What do you think that that means for the future of personal branding or not even in relation to that what what do you think the next couple of years look like and how do we get out of this echo chamber of everyone wanting to sound like Gary Vee or Steve Butler Mm. (laughs) (laughs) it does happen um I think that everyone again like I said earlier like think bigger don't think that personal branding is exclusively LinkedIn or exclusively Instagram I think like broaden your mind to reputation and that's what essentially personal branding is a different word for reputation and what do you want that reputation to be and you know we've been having a lot of conversations as a team like what that looks like for everyone that we work with and like it is just thinking differently about it and personal branding exists in other pockets of culture it exists in acting it exists in media and I think like focusing on what they're doing and how they're leveraging that will be it's the same it's just a different like bracket I guess Mm. so what are those people doing to elevate their reputation and profile and what can you do in entrepreneurship to elevate your reputation and profile in the same vein Mm. and I think that will be like the future I guess and I don't want personal branding as an entity to be kind of like stuck in LinkedIn, for example, like LinkedIn is a great tool to build your personal brand. It's not exclusively where your personal brand lives. And I think that if we can transition out of that mindset of like posting is your personal brand, I think it will be great for the personal branding as a sector and as a whole and start thinking about like how you manage someone's reputation like, I think that'll be great for personal branding. Mm. 
Yeah, and that's the that's the absolute privilege that we have now, isn't it? That we're not waiting for, you know, TV to come knocking or tra- sending out press releases that we can take control of that ourselves. How do you get out of that posting mindset then? What's What does that look like for you? I know it's about, you know, multiple channels and not just thinking about that platform, but on a practical level, how do you stop thinking about, I need to create content to post on LinkedIn or you know to kind of tick that box I think it's a mix of like stepping back and thinking what are you actually trying to achieve and like building into your goals like if you want to grow your business to x amount of people or I don't know you want to reach a revenue target or you want to become an advocate for something or champion something like I think that changes your mindset like if you want to become a champion for your business that changes your mindset from I need to whack something out on LinkedIn for the sake of it and having those like tangible goals and something to work towards is really important and that should in effect like help your own strategy when you're creating your content like don't get me wrong I've written posts just on a whim on a morning sometimes because that's what I'm feeling and that's what I'm thinking but more often than not it's strategic and like okay I want to talk about this thing because I want people to know about this. Mm. It's still something that I believe in, something that I think, but it's done in a more strategic way. And I think everyone taking a bit of a step back from, God, I need to post something on LinkedIn today because everyone else is. And it looks like I'm not posting. It looks like I'm not building my personal brand. If you post twice a week and those posts are really specific about something that you want to build, in my eyes, that's much more effective than just like throwing shit against the wall, basically. Something out every day. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Brilliant. Thank you so much. There were some absolute gems in there. The 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 point about validations really kind of struck a chord with me. I think we're we're all kind of sleepwalking into this like validation engagement trap, like you said. So I really love that. Where can people um find you? Like where can where's the best place for people to get in touch or find you? Um probably on LinkedIn, shockingly enough. <laughs> or maybe- <laughs> Maybe Twitter as well. Have a look. Okay, search. brilliant. Well, I'll drop your links into the show notes so everyone can come and follow because I know that you you've shared some absolute um, yeah golden golden nuggets on here, and I know that you do online as well. So people will get a lot from that. Thank you so much for taking the time out and enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you for having me. Thank you.